0: Hi guys. Welcome back to another Thursday. It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hello, hello, everyone. We're here again. It's another week. I think this is episode 41 something like that. 41. I'm making all these sort of realizations or having all these realizations of dates. So first of all, welcome back to Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, your favorite pop culture podcast about all the things you were too embarrassed to ask about or too embarrassed to admit you know. It's just me today. I have actually been Sort of paralyzed with anxiety. I had to move out of my house, this house that is my love. If you follow me on social media, if you're my friends, you know that I don't know if I've ever loved a man in my life as much as I love this house. Like, I should be on one of those My Strange Addiction shows where I'm like in love with my house. Like, I'm not getting intimate with my house, but I am in love with her. Like, and it's a she even though I love men, she's a she, I love this house. I will do anything. I love the house as much as I love my dog. And she's getting a little upgrade. She needed a few few things like new windows and walls and floors. I I don't know. I would like to point all questions and concerns about my living situation and what the uh, renovation of my house is to my interior designer, Jackie Searman, who is a sadistic human being. And um, I say that with love, but she has turned what was going to be a simple project into, I now don't live at home for like the next three months and I will have to be popping Xanax every now and then. But I love her. I love my house. And I am coming to you from a different part of Los Angeles. And it's a change of scenery. But as I was saying, 41 episodes, like I don't even know where the time goes. But also I realized that I have been writing the newsletter since December 2019 something like that yeah it's been three years whatever whatever makes three years in like two months that's how long i've been writing the newsletter and minus a few weeks here and there for holidays and travel. It's been the most consistent, steady relationship I've had in a very long time. So it's been fun. I have to say, when you guys find something that you really love, I love my job. I love all of that. But this, I don't know, writing and now talking to you and um, sharing sort of interesting conversations, like if you didn't listen to last week's podcast... I had it with the founder and CEO of the most incredible lifestyle brand. It's called Lashify and it's lashes and it's a lifestyle and a brand. And Sahara Lati, she was incredible. I've gotten such incredible feedback from that. Uh, So Sahara, we need to get you back here. Maybe we need to do like our own podcast just about pop culture and eyelashes. But it's been really fun, I have to say. Breaking it all down for you guys has been fun. So let's get into it because I just want to sort of share with you some of the things and ideas that I have over the sort of changes in people's perceptions. Specifically, we're going to talk Grammys for a minute, and we're going to talk about some other things. But the newsletter this week focused on two main stories, the Chinese spy balloon, which we'll get to, and the Grammys. And the Grammys is really more interesting to me right now. The Chinese spy balloon is gone. It's fine. It's by. Like, we probably have balloons flying over China, but more on that in a second the Grammys. If you didn't watch it, you surely have, if you haven't read the newsletter, you've seen bits and pieces of it. You may have heard rumblings amongst your colleagues or your children or whatnot. And it's pretty divided. I will say my friends are pretty divided or my social channels, like some say it was the greatest Grammys ever. This was an unbelievable, like energizing Grammys, which I will get to. And others are like, culture and the Grammys do not intersect. This organization is dead. This is a bunch of old out of touch people and culture is far surpassing where the Grammys are. And I sort of, my professional opinion as somebody who's not in the music business, but just as an outsider is I sort of agree with both sentiments. And so let me tell you why. I think it was an incredible Grammys in the sense that the performances were remarkable. The tribute to hip hop was unbelievable. I mean, the amount of coordination, and that is all down to Questlove, who orchestrated the entire tribute and choreographed it and put it all together. And you had, you know, Queen Latifah and Ice-T. And I mean, you just had, it, it goes on. I will not even try to do a laundry list of everyone. It was incredible. I was almost comatose from exhaustion because I moved that day and I was about to fall asleep. I was just about I was like, I'm going to curl up and go to bed. I'd been watching the Grammys, but I was ready to go to bed. And then this thing came on, and I lost my mind. Another amazing thing was the um, Smokey Robinson tribute that Stevie Wonder did. And it was with um, Chris Stapleton, who's a country singer. I mean, they got down. It was really, it was like they played before... The hip hop tribute, and I was like, This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then the hip hop tribute came. So there were, it was amazing. It was fun. There were lots of amazing pieces of it. What was not so amazing was they had some crazy, weird woke focus group. And now I'm as liberal as they come, but to add an hour of our time to watch this freaking award show. So if you're watching the red carpet and then the award show, you that's like five hours of television. Uh, nobody wants to be watching the Grammys past 11 o'clock at night, certainly not until like the midnight. And the final performance, which is also being criticized, even though I thought it was really cool, was the Jay-Z, DJ Call it. I don't really care for DJ it, but whatever, that performance. And the reason it's getting criticism is because it was pre-recorded and we can talk about that too. The joke is that there's no way Jay would have performed it live knowing that Beyonce had lost the album of the year. Grammy. Anyway, I thought that the award show went too long and we always say that, but this was like unnecessary. Why we had to have this like sort of super fans of each artist who is nominated for album of the year so you had this like grandma who's amazing loved her want to be friends with her is like a super super fan of Harry Styles which I felt also a little attacked by because like everybody else who's young within the Harry Styles super fan was like a 75 year old grandmother and I feel like that's sort of analogous to his fans at this point Um, it's all us old ladies but We didn't need to hear all these personal experiences and then cutting to them and interviewing them and then they came on stage. It was just, it was a lot. I understand what they were trying to do, but from a time perspective, it was a time suck we didn't need. Harry Styles being criticized, we're gonna get into that now. First and foremost, love him or hate him, he is a showman and he is very good performer. He can wear a sequence onesie and not look like a clown. They are now coming out, the dancers, because he was criticized for not having a great performance. And now the dancers are saying that there was a technical malfunction at the Grammys. They were on this sort of um, turning disc, like an album kind of thing. And they're supposed to, you know, it was, it was turning a certain way and they'd rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. Well, on live TV at the Grammys, Allegedly, according to a couple of these dancers, the turntable went the opposite way. And you can imagine that's going to destroy an entire choreography. You are doing it now in reverse. Like if the thing was supposed to be turning clockwise and now you're going counterclockwise, it's a fiasco. So props to them for even pulling it off, right? What we did see, let's just break it down with Harry Styles. What we did see was a young man who is probably exhausted. We have seen too much of him. He has been on tour for 150 years. Like the jokes were, "Are you okay? Do you need a nap? Like, it's true. We have seen him. And this is where I'm going to get into it. We have seen him too much. He is overexposed. Is that our fault? Is that my fault for, you know, sharing TikToks every 5 minutes that I see of him. It's all of our faults. We're all guilty. But he's also guilty of it because it's been the never-ending tour. It also turns out that what makes him in a really great performer does not necessarily translate into a speaker and somebody who's comfortable being on stage. Unlike a Lizzo, who literally probably was born a natural performer and could get up and probably teach a calculus class with as much energy, vim, and vigor, and you're gonna believe everything Lizzo says. She's gonna bring in that calculus class. We are gonna be consumed by everything she says. But Harry does not have that. So when he gets up to the podium to accept an award, it is like watching an actual calculus professor speak. Like there is no excitement. There is no showmanship. He saves that all for the performance. Whereas there are other performers like an Adele or Lizzo, and I'm only naming women right now, but maybe there's something to that, who just get up and they can connect with the audience when speaking, not just singing, not just performing. They are natural born performers. Harry, seemingly didn't have that sort of what we've come to expect, this unbelievable bombastic personality that we've seen come to live on stage when he got up to the podium to accept an award or when a mic was put at him at the Grammys in the audience, it was sort of like, wah, wah. But what I did not think was going to happen to Harry was going to be a major faux pas and misstep Anybody who's anybody in that world was paying close attention to the record of the year. There have been many, many, many criticisms of the Grammys in years past over favoring white artists over black artists when clearly the black artist performance or album was better. And I know it's all subjective, but I'm sorry. If you, I love Harry Styles, just like, you know, all of the kids do and grandmothers, But when you look at Harry's house and you compare it with Beyonce's album or Kendrick Lamar's album, it's just not comparable. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care what your musical type is. It's just the songwriting. Each album is a work of art. It's truly works of art. And I just thought it was going to be, I was like, is it going to be Kendrick or Beyonce? It didn't occur to me. It was going to be Harry Styles. Just like it didn't occur to me. It was going to be ABBA. And obviously there are others that were very, very talented and incredible albums as well. And it was a really tough category. But Harry comes up and Harry has to know this. His managers are smart. His team is smart. He knows that this is controversial. You know, we all remember when there was another award ceremony when it was Taylor Swift. And I think she won at the VMAs and she won over Beyonce and Kanye West came came out and tried to take it and gave a speech about Beyonce being the true winner. Now, the VMAs has a different energy than the Grammys. The Grammys is a bit more formal. I didn't I didn't anticipate somebody rushing this stage to try to take it from Harry. Also, Harry's a dude, so there's that. People aren't going to do that to a dude. But Harry, again, we realize he's not a natural orator, communicator, but he is smart in terms of how he engages with a sort of the the world as we see it now and the world in the moment. He's very politically correct. He's very much an activist. He's 100 percent, you know, involved with activism and uh, the rights of others and so forth. So it didn't occur to me that he could make a misstep such as this. So you have a already scandalous sort of moment where people assumed the award would go to Beyonce and Kendrick. The Grammys themselves had been working up the fact that this was a record-breaking moment for Beyonce. Now, she'd already won the Grammy that made her the most winningest person in the Grammys, meaning she'd already won all more Grammys than anybody else from that night earlier. But it wasn't a major award this is a major award the album of the year is considered the biggest award and she's only won that once it's it's sort of like when a movie wins best movie best actor best actress best screenplay best cinematography but not best director you're like how the fuck do you think that happens so she's winning all these awards but she doesn't win best album and it's black history month she's a black woman there is a you know an energy in the room and in just in society right now about the sort of you know way that the world looks at black people versus white people and harry had an opportunity harry should have expected you know, there's a chance he'd win. And he had an opportunity to be incredibly, incredibly diplomatic, incredibly unifying with the artists, incredibly well-spoken, grateful to all of the artists, calling out Beyonce and Kendrick and all of the others. And instead he literally whiffed it. He literally got up and was like very timid and didn't know what to say. And then The last line was the line that I have to tell you, some of my friends and not just my black friends, but my black friends were like, what the fuck just happened? This doesn't happen to people like me very often. And this is so, so nice. Thank you very, very much. Now, breaking it down, I am sure what he was thinking, you know, it's one of those sort of like, I don't see color, which is infuriating. But I think what he was probably saying not to put words in his mouth, but my interpretation is that he was, you know, from a a small little village. He worked in a bakery. He came from a very modest upbringing. He wins a talent competition where he's grouped into a boy band and becomes a big boy band and then breaks out of the boy band and becomes a world-famous, successful solo artist. This does not happen every day. But the choice of words was completely tone deaf. Why he would say it doesn't happen to people, like it's literally who it happens to. It's literally when you take it out in a grand scale, you are a white man, and it's literally who keeps winning. so it was it was a big misstep. It was a it was a big misstep for Harry. It was a big deal. And I have to say I'm seeing a major turn. Like I get crazy emails and texts and DMs, and this one has really hit a nerve. And you know this, you guys all who've listened here know how much I love Harry Styles. I think people are like, we need a break. We need a minute. I think Harry needs to go and take like a 2 year vacation. He needs to rest. I had a friend who said I'm I'm not using her name because I've not asked her permission, but she's like enough is enough. You can dress up in women's clothing and be provocative, but you insulted black people and that was a misstep. So I don't think for one second he intended it. I certainly think he is a a wonderful artist and a wonderful person who's probably really, really mad at himself for that sort of in the moment, off the cuff statement. But it just shows how sensitive the world is right now. And it's a touchstone. And it's something that I thought was really interesting. And everyone is talking about it. So I just, my recommendation is like, Harry, take a break. And uh, meet me in Jamaica, and we'll 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 totally go offline and hang out. That's my recommendation. But the Grammys also gave us another very 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 talked about series of moments and it's another white dude a very memeable guy he has had lots of memes happen over the years with him sad face ben affleck dragon tattoo ben affleck dunkin donuts cigarette ben affleck and now we have miserable at the grammys being his wife's you know handler at ben affleck so then we had ben affleck and a sad Ben Affleck, a morose, a miserable looking Ben Affleck at the Grammys and the camera people, I will say, were giving it life. They were in on it. They kept showing it to everyone who was watching the cameras, like of all the people they could zoom in on. They kept zooming in on a miserable looking Ben in every different scenario. It wasn't just like caught catching him off guard. There was when they were standing and dancing to Stevie Wonder, everybody was getting down and literally Ben is it's so memeable but he looked so unhappy and people were joking like you know ben need get that man a duncan and a cigarette stat you know their music is playing there's all of that then every time the camera shot to him and no matter what he looked miserable he looked like he wanted to be anywhere but there and the tweets going around were kind of hilarious like one said something like Jennifer Garner is sitting at home eating popcorn, being like, "Not my problem anymore." And J Lo at one point, they they camera, oh god, the camera people were just in on like getting all of it. There was a moment when J Lo was reprimanding Ben. Now it could have been a cute love chat. He could have said something fresh, and she could have told him to behave. We don't know, but the body language suggest something different. And the camera people closed in on that and watched him speak to her. Her obviously reprimand him. They sort of pull apart and then realize that the cameras were on them and sort of like stare directly in. It's It was theater. It was giving us life. So we do hope that things are okay. I, I saw a TikTok where somebody was breaking it down why it's a good reminder. It might feel really fun and sexy to get back with a toxic ex. Like maybe they've changed. As somebody who is well aware of this particular life choice, I have done this. It's definitely real. Like maybe getting back with a toxic ex years later is not what it's cracked up to be. So I hope everything is okay. Maybe he was just having a shitty day. Maybe he was intimidated in that setting, but it certainly seemed like he was unhappy. And I'm hoping for J-Lo's sake, cause she's had a series of shitty dudes in her life. And frankly, we're all part of it because they choose to live their life publicly. Now I'm saying that, Not all celebrities choose to live their lives publicly, and some actively um, hide from it, and some just don't even engage in the sort of games of paparazzi. This is not a couple that does that. They have both been very open with their sort of relationships and so forth. Uh, Just my experience is like something isn't necessarily all perfect there. So these are some of the highlights of the Grammys. I will say, I think it was entertaining. Like my friends who thought it was the best show ever, I loved, loved, loved some of the performances. I think the Grammys missed something in the culture wars here. And the moment in time that we're at is very different. And a best-selling tour does not necessarily... Make you the greatest artist or album of the year. You're a great performer. So, my heart was with either Beyonce or Kendrick Lamar. That's where we're at. And that is all I have to say about the Grammys. And are we done with award shows? Like, we only care about the red carpet and the performances. Let's just keep it to that. Let's just keep it to that. Um, Announce the awards during the red carpet and the performances. Put them up in some like online, announce them on TikTok. I don't give a fuck. But, like, I'm saying let's just get the fashion and let's just get the performances and let's not have anything else. I don't need the weird pandering of Trevor Noah in the audience talking about Harry and women's panties, which was another fun moment. I just we don't need it. Like, just give us the fashion. Give us the music. Give us the list of like whoever wins. Just announce it all at once, just that there, there's a a democratic way to do it. Okay. Moving on the Chinese air balloon, spy balloon. I don't know. I, I just love the memes from it. I'm loving it. I loved all of the tweets and Instagrams and TikToks. And basically my, my point is that I really think that the spokesperson, the general Pat the spokesperson, the press, the press person for the Pentagon is the person. He should be the press secretary of the United States. He should be doing all of Biden's press conferences. He should be doing everybody's press conferences. Frankly, he should be doing technology companies, press conferences. This man was legend. And this is my business. I understand how to navigate the media. Never could do it like general pat this man was flawless and my favorite part of this press conference was when a reporter was asking if they were going to give us a play-by-play of the exact location of the balloon as it traversed from montana east and the general's like no we're not going to give a minute by minute following it like santa on christmas eve and then the reporter was like, but why not? Isn't it the public's right to know? And General Pat was like, the public can look up. Like, it's so great. Like, if you're in Montana, look up. You'll know where the fucking balloon is. It's right there. This is how we're in this whole mess. Just look up. So it's really funny. Uh, it just gives me, it brings me joy when I see how creative people are in all walks of life. They could be teenagers. They could be 70-year-olds. They could be white, black, Latina. They can be rich. They could be not rich. They could be educated, not educated. These people on social media coming up with these memes. It brings me joy. It's again, that same feeling when I see a tiger becoming best friends with a deer. So that's really, those were the two big stories this week. And what's everybody's talking about now, since I published the newsletter, is Leonardo DiCaprio. Again, I don't want this to be a celebrity podcast. It's just pop culture. But There is this, like, real obsession that society has now with age, men and women, particularly, though it's funny, the TikTokers criticize men for being with younger women and how gross it is. But then they'll criticize an older woman for being with a younger man, even though they're saying the opposite with men when they're with younger women. It's it's sexist and they don't go with women their age, but then they criticize women for it too. Maybe they're just criticizing older people and younger people. I don't know. It's none of my concern. However, people are obsessed with the Leo ratio in that he's never been with anybody over 25. Like As soon as they hit 25, they break up. And he's been spotted. And by the way, there is no evidence to suggest he is dating this woman, but he was spotted. There was a photograph where he was sitting side by side, a breathtakingly beautiful woman, of course, but she's 19. And the tweets, the Instagrams, the TikToks, people are pissed they're breaking it down they're like she wasn't even alive when titanic was out like they are going after him and uh i just think that maybe we just need to cool our heels and maybe not worry so much about it but the amount of time and energy people are putting into leonardo dicaprio's love life is too much for me. The other thing that I cannot get enough of because I'm done with Leo, I can't get enough of Pedro Pascal. He is definitely, as we've talked about here, replaced my my loves, um, Timothy Chalamet and Harry Styles. And so the freaks out there will be happy to know that he's much more age appropriate for me. He's 47 years old, as opposed to the children Harry and Timothy. But Pedro Pascal is just he is. Living this moment, this show he's on, The Last of Us, is just breathtaking. It's really, I can't recommend it enough. Even if you don't like zombie apocalypse stuff, there's more to it than that. He hosted SNL. He was amazing. I cannot believe he actually leaned into the whole Thing that is going around socials right now which is basically he's the daddy of the internet he's the daddy of Gen Z everybody loves him they call him daddy we've talked about it and he leaned into that in a sketch on SNL and talking about the fan cams do not make fan cams of school staff <laughs> no skinny legend why are you doing this <laughs> because you have made thousands of fan cams of me and I'm not sure what they mean but I know it has to stop but we make them because you're our beloved and you have us in a chokehold. Okay, don't say that. Don't worry, it just means your foot is always on our necks. Is the way I ate this up a compliment because it was nom nom delish and had you gagged? Exactly. We love you down, Mr. Ben. You're so father, period. <laughs> We put the sketch in the newsletter, I'll put it in the show notes as well, because it is a really important sketch for anybody trying to navigate Gen Z lingo. They have so many terms. I could not even put it all in the newsletter, but you will get a sense of sort of the language discrepancies between Gen Z trying to talk with my generation, like whole phrases. You won't even like, what is having you in a chokehold mean? I mean, it's genius. Please watch it. It's everything. And then lastly, I really wanted to talk about something I had in the newsletter as well. But if you're on socials, you saw it. It's the most well-publicized house now in all of interior design. And that is my friend, Lily Allen and David Harbour's house in New York that Architectural Digest highlighted. And there are so many videos. It was on Instagram and on TikTok. It's sort of the modern day cribs, but I love it. It's like to see these inside of people's homes and how they interact and the thinking behind their design. This one in particular is very special to me because I very much love Lily and she's a friend. And I've been in that house. And I was in that house months ago before the public saw it. And I talked about Jackie, my designer, in the beginning of this podcast. But I took like 400 photos of that house. And I was like, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And the reason I talk about it is that she. Successfully, Lily knows how to, to keep people talking, but she has successfully divided the internet. And there's a lot of people who are very up in arms with her um, design choices. She has beautiful carpeting in her bathroom, which by the way, I've seen a lot of in Europe and I am here for it. Imagine coming out of a tub and having like an absorbent, beautiful carpet underneath your feet as opposed to a cold wood or tile floor in a January... New York day or night. Even, I know you can heat floors or whatever. There's just something so delicious. Her house is spectacular. Every single choice that they made is one that I approve of and want and covet. I mean, they have lacquered walls. They have a bedroom in a room that just feels like it's a cocoon, but then you can open it up and you have all of these expansive windows. And Lily is paying attention because a lot of people are criticizing um, her and David for not having windows in the bedroom. And the bedroom is this room that you can close off and become a cocoon. If you're an artist, especially those who, you can be working all night. You need to get your sleep. And when I've dated artists, I cannot tell you this is actually true. I had two boyfriends very well known over the years, beautiful artists, wonderful, incredible people, at the time we were dating at least, and they were vampires. They'd stay up all night, they'd be writing music or writing screenplays or whatever it is they were doing, and in the morning, if they didn't have blackout shades, in their homes they had blackout curtains, but if we were in hotels, I learned the hanger trick. You get the hangers with the clips, and you would clip the curtains shut with the hangers so that that little crack could not get a glimpse of light in then you would take on top of that big pillows and weigh them up against the curtains so as not to have any sort of movement along the edges I have learned so many ways to keep light out of hotel rooms for fear that my vampire boyfriend was going to be awoken by ever so tiny glimpse of sunlight and then that can just throw off their whole day it's a real thing so I thought it was incredible to see how Lily tackled that they decided to have a room in another room and you can close off the bed. So it's like a cocoon. And then when you want to have that open, you open up the doors in the bed where the bed is and beautiful windows. So Lily posted an Instagram story yesterday. From the picture from her bed with windows in the background and with arrows saying, windows, look, your criticisms are incorrect. So I really, I have to dedicate this podcast, this week's newsletter to Lily Allen, because she just continues to deliver. She's such a genius woman. I love her. I love her style. I love her home. And I told her just to ignore the noise that, you know, people have too much time on their hands and are offering too many criticisms about things. They just don't have any insight or reason to be criticizing. So I'm ranting on that because I'm very defensive because I love that house very much. So that is it. Thank you for listening to me ramble on and on. Um, I hope we have, we always wait to pick a guest by the way, when we do have guests to see who's going to be sort of really relevant in that moment, which is why it's sometimes not so easy to get a guest because I have to sort of wait till right before we do the pod, but we will have someone next week. Before I close, we're going to do my makeout, out Mary mute because it's now tradition. I got to do it. I would 100% make out with the women at the Grammys. I would make out with all of them. Uh, Cardi B, Adele, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Lizzo. I mean, it just goes on. These women were giving it. I would make out with all of those women. They were just sensational. And some of the men too. I would marry Lily Allen. Lily, please, that's what I said when I was in her house. Please, like, adopt me, marry me. I, whatever. I wanna live in that house. I wanna eat her baking, her breakfast. She cooks in her plain English kitchen unbelievably. Her breakfasts are perfect, her everything. I just wanna marry and move in with Lily and and her kids, like the cat, the whole thing. I'm into it. And I wanna mute, I'm gonna mute Harry Styles. I just think that we're doing this as a gift to Harry. We need Harry to mute himself. He just needs to go on a holiday. It's been the never-ending tour. The tour has been going on for 3,000 years. I just say, let's take a breather. Let's take a break. Go off, have a break, come back, be like Rihanna. Everybody will want you. Everybody will need you, but we need a a little pause. And that's it. It's Thursday. Enjoy, and I'll see you guys next week. Until then. Be kind, have fun, ciao. Pop